Shalom and welcome to the Jewish mind where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. And this lecture is titled, Are You Ashamed or Bashful? Understanding the Blessing from the Curse. There is a powerful truth about mankind that at our very core we cannot withstand the glare of honesty. There is a sobering saying amongst our sages that says, A man knows in his soul the bitterness of his heart, which speaks of a man knowing the truth of who he is and where he spiritually and morally stands. In very large measure, our generation fails to live up to the generations of men who were willing men, sorry, who were willing to live up to their beliefs. I am not speaking of men of religiosity only, but of men such as the Founding Fathers of America and its Constitution, for example. Here were men who were true to their beliefs of inalienable rights for all mankind, and were willing to pay the price for what they believed in. Whether it be when George Washington fought at war with the English, or when he stepped down after his terms of presidency. To quote Polonius of William Shakespeare's Hamlet, This above all, to thy own self, be true. There are men to whom the rule of life is, the ends justify the means. And amongst them there are those of which the end is no more just than the means. These are people who will continually pursue ways and means to intoxicate their conscience so as to not have to face the deterioration of their humanness but ultimately to no avail, as dishonesty and the shame thereof shall extract its fee from their soul, casting them into fear, insecurity, and paranoia. The kernel of revolt within man begins with shame. Steadily and surely, the shame of dishonesty within one's self builds into anxiety, which ultimately evolves into a paralysis that denies the individual of pursuing happiness. In this lecture, the venomous shame of a man knows in his soul the bitterness of his heart is the issue of modernity that will meet with the healing powers of Judaism. The Talmud quotes King David for saying, This nation is distinguished by three characteristics. They are merciful, bashful, and benevolent. After which, the Talmud explains the source within the verses for each of these three characteristics. Concerning our being bashful, the Talmud quotes the verse mentioned in the story of the Ten Commandments being given at Mount Sinai. And the verse says, But Moses said to the people, Fear not, for God has come in order to exalt you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you shall not sin. End quote. It was the great divine revelation that the Jewish people experienced at Mount Sinai, which engraved within them the characteristic of being bashful. The Hebrew word for bashful is the same as the Hebrew word for shame. They both come from the same root, busha. Busha is shame. The baishan means a bashful person. And yet, one is lethal while the other is paramount to spirituality. One leads to anxiety and depression, while the other leads to humility and repentance. What we are going to learn here is that being bashful is the cure for overcoming shame. In the book of Samuels, 
there is a powerful verse which already sets the stage for understanding the difference between the guilt-ridden paradigm of shame and the humble repentance paradigm of bashfulness. And here is the verse. But he devises means that he that is banished be not cast from him. So, what the verse is telling us that God devises means that the person that is banished be not cast from God. Let's take a moment to really take in this verse. God devises means and ways through which to bring back to God even those who have self-banished themselves into the dark side to the point where there is no light left into their spark of God within them. Wow! Even within the spark of God within them, there is no more light. What does it mean that God devises means for the banished ones not to be cast from Him? Once one has become submissive to the dark side of ego and arrogance, the ego and arrogance must be smashed in order for the spark of God within to be able to be reignited and rekindled. Thus God carefully, lovingly and compassionately devises tolerable means through which one can experience the smashing of his ego. Here is an example that is given in Jewish mysticism. The primary slavery of the Jews in Egypt was the work of bricks and mortar as they build the pyramids for the Egyptians. So it's all about bricks and mortar. The mystical reason for this is that the souls of the Jewish people in the slavery of Egypt were the reincarnation of the souls of those who rebelled against God with the Tower of Babel and said, let me quote you what the verse in Genesis says, And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and fire them thoroughly. So the bricks were to them for stones, for the clay was to them for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make ourselves a name, lest we be scattered upon the face of the entire earth. Wow! And thus God devised means through which the very application of their ego, arrogance, and rebellion, which was that of making bricks and mortar to build a tower of rebellion against God, that very application of their ego, arrogance, and rebellion becomes the very application of smashing their ego and arrogance, that of making bricks and mortar in Egypt under slavery. Now, let us see the paradigm that would lead us to such an outlook to the pain and suffering that we go through. Shame and guilt is punitive-driven in that every negative experience that we live through is seen as a punishment in which God's wrath is extracting His revenge upon us. And with this experience of God punishing us, we only feel more unloved, despised, and cast away by God. That's shame. However, the paradigm of being bashful is grace-driven. Under being bashful, we experience the feeling of being infinitely inferior before God, to the point of feeling that of myself I am nothing, that without God I am totally lost, and with God, but by His grace do I live, walk before Him, and serve. With this paradigm, even at the moment of suffering, we experience but the pains of a contraction bringing about the birth of a child of God. This very recognition that we are children of God brings about a depth 
of bashfulness, of being bashful, which simultaneously brings about an infinite amount of faith in God's unconditional love and passion and grace for us. Let us better understand this process of God's devising means that he that is banished be not cast from him. The ultimate journey of life is that the soul be, I quote to you a teaching from the holy mystical Zohar, drawn into and encompassed within the body, which means the essence of the king, meaning God. However, how is it possible for any creation to be able to be drawn in and to become one with the essence of God? For this reason, God has a soul descend into a body where it can study God's Torah and perform God's commandments. Being that Torah is a divine wisdom of God and its descending into the physical realm of understanding makes it digestible for the human soul, thus Torah study becomes the perfectly fitted transparent divine garment through which the soul can then safely be drawn into the essence bosom of God. So too, being that the commandments of God are the divine will of God, and its descending into the physical realm of understanding makes it digestible for the human soul, thus commandment observance becomes the perfectly fitted transparent divine garment through which the soul can then safely be drawn into the essence bosom of God. The verse states, These days have been formed and one of them is His, capital H, God, His, which our sages of mysticism explain to mean that God grants life in the amount of days that each individual soul still needs to create all the necessary divine garments of Torah study and commandment observance, that the soul may then be safely drawn into the essence bosom of God. That's what living life here is all about, creating these garments, these divine garments, so that we can return and be drawn into the essence bosom of God. Now, not everyone merits that every single day, hour, minute, and second of his life should be spiritually complete and not lacking. Therefore, our sages advise to be all his days in teshuva. Now, teshuva is the Hebrew word which is translated as repentance. Literally, it means returning. Through always being in teshuva, we can then repent and return the missing days, hours, minutes, and seconds to the essence bosom of God. How does one be all his days in teshuva, a mindset of repentance and returning? The answer is that the Hebrew letters of the word shuva, return, are the same letters to the word busha, bashfulness. What does being bashful all the days of our lives do for us? When one, is merciful, when one is mindful of where he comes from, what does that mean? That his soul was, I quote to you again from the mystics, hewn from under the throne of glory. And that it is, I quote to you again from the mystics, truly a piece of God, which sat together with the King God in his work. And then he reflects upon where he is now, in the nether pit of physical indulgence, and even his love, awe, prayer, Torah study, and commandment observance are besmirched by the fingerprints of a self-identity. When he reflects upon this, when we reflect upon this, we then become humble, teachable, and open-minded 
for experiencing the grace of God. This very bashfulness of being is the very teshuva, the very return from the nether pit descent mentality of being a creation of badness and of the separation from God, cast away again and again by the victimhood of being vengefully punished by an angry God. Just the mere state of being of bashfulness is already the teshuva for this victimhood shame paradigm. Rather, being bashful opens us to feeling tenderly cleansed by a loving God, even when we feel the sting of spiritual hydrogen peroxide cleansing the dirt out of a fresh opened wound or of a spiritual bone being reset. This smashing of ego in which being bashful cures the venom of shame can be said in this one simple fact. The feeling of gratitude and the feeling of victimhood cannot coexist. I want to now bring you a quote from Albert Einstein. The quote is, We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. This means that we cannot bring about the redemption through an exile mindset. What this also means is that ultimately we cannot bring about that he that is banished be not cast from him through a banished mindset. Let us say this in the light of our lecture's discovery. We cannot bring about the grace of being bashful through the mindset and experience of shame. Hasidus explains that the reason for this is itself but for the grace of God. God wants us to have earned and to actually be partners with Him in our destiny. And thus, God made it that every part of our redemption, an imminent state of messianic bliss in the world to come, be through the effect of our work. Thus, while we are cast into the arena, in the arena of shame and of exile, we can and must transform and create our paradigm of being bashful, open to God's grace, and be a child of God in the essence bosom of God. Thus, we ultimately find God not in the remorse of our ashes of suffering, in as much as we find God in being bashful and open to feeling God's unconditional love, compassion, and goodness of devising means through which to bring us into His essence bosom, right here and right now in our present state of inferior spirituality. In closing, my friends, Look not for God's retribution, but for God's love. For God is not in our victimhood creation of punishment and vengefulness, but rather in His loving means of cleansing us from our spiritual wounds. But how can I feel God's grace and love when I'm in such a state of shame and pain, you ask? There is a story of an older couple stopped by a red light when a convertible pulls up in the lane next to theirs. And the older woman sees the young man in the convertible driving and the young woman in the convertible sitting at his side with her head on his shoulder. With a sigh, she says to her husband, Remember when we used to sit like that as we were driving through the journey of life? To which her husband replied, Sweetheart, I didn't move my shoulder. We are the older woman 
looking longingly at the beauty and love of being bashful in the glow of God's grace. The older man is God and he is responding to us. Let's make this transformation from living in shame to being bashful more practical. There is a great book entitled Drop the Rock. And the point is that we are longing to fly, but we are holding on to the necklace with the heavy rock hanging around our neck, making it impossible to fly. What we need to do is to simply drop the rock. Here I will share a meditation to help us get past the egocentric fear that keeps us holding on so tightly to the rock of shame. Here's a quote from the book of Job. If you sinned, what do you do to him, meaning God? And if, you trans and if your transgressions are many, what do you do to him, meaning God? How is that for helping us get past our shame into a total and utter feeling of being bashful? Our egos scream that we must be punished and we must feel shame for what we have done and how we have so terribly betrayed God, hurt God, and destroyed His goodness and light in our world. Oh, really? Fellow inferior sinner, drop the rock and let us get over ourselves. We did nothing to God, nor can we ever do anything to God. What we did was that we spiritually soiled ourselves and we have ruled that we are to be banished from before God. God, on the other hand, compassionately devises means that he that is banished be not cast from him. My friends, it is as simple as that. We must get over ourselves, drop the rock, drop the rock of shame, and fly into being bashful and open to God's unconditional love and grace. Friends, modernity offers growth, and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here at the Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.